Hello everyone and welcome to episode 9 of the Weekly Freestyle. Um, we're doing another episode where we're both together, which is brilliant. Um, we're both in the same room, working with the same mic, and we're actually both in Spain on our trip, which we've spoken about a little bit in the past. We're out in Marbella on a little bit of a, little bit of a lad's holiday, I'd say, but you know we're going to get a little bit of golfing in, but we're just getting away and it's, it's kind of our last um, bit of holiday before we both get, get back to our jobs. We're out here with um, eight of us lads, nice little villa close to Puerto Banús. Um, but we've got uh, another another special episode for you guys. You know, another deep dive into an interesting topic. Yeah, it's unreal. We've we've made it. Um, I know you were you were away as well last week. Mm-hmm. Really enjoying that off season uh, down in Cornwall. Um, it's it's nice to be here, but it took a while. I've only just got my suitcase, um, and th- this is the second day. Um, a little 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 bit of a nightmare having to trek basically an hour down the road back to Gibraltar. Um, out of my own pocket, which wasn't ideal. Not the best start to the holiday. No, um, pretty shocking actually from British Airways. And you know, I'm not going to, not going to, you know, start bad mouthing them or anything. But you know, you pay for uh, yourself and your luggage to get delivered, and then they end up leaving just your suitcase up. Everyone on the flight was yeah, it? just the one. The the best thing was that the golf clubs made it, um, but the suitcase matters. and the clothes didn't. But shocking. had the Xbox and uh, everything else we needed and to hand. So it's all good. But yeah, as, as you mentioned, Tom, we're speaking about training camps today. We are. Um, I know you've been on a lot. I've been on a few myself. Um, so where do you want to start? So I think we're going to jump in. I was having a little think about how I could talk about training camps coming on to this episode because they're such an important part of um, how a, a, a season kind of builds up, but also how, how an Olympic quad builds up because you do training camps at certain times to replicate certain environments, for example, and to really kind of build that base of training over the four years you know, breaking it down into each individual season. But I was thinking about it and there are three main types of uh, training camp, at least three main types that I've been on. Um, first, a warm weather camp. So, you know, so these are your Australias, your Turkeys, yeah. up in South Africa. Um, people be, uh, British have done trips up to Thailand, for example. So these are your warm weather training camps. The second one is the altitude training camps, pretty self-explanatory. Uh, and British Swimming do them to Sierra Nevada in Spain, I believe. Um, there's one to Doha, if I'm not mistaken, and then the main one we do is to Flagstaff in Arizona. So there, the, yeah. that's the second one. The third one is um, unique. It's slightly different to the other two, and it's a, called a holding camp. So it's the last week, two weeks, ten days before a major competition where you're in the city where you're um, going to compete, or at least very close to the city where you're going to compete, uh, and you are just doing the very, very fine-tuning kind of last last few days of prep while being in that competition environment so three very different camps all for very different reasons at different points throughout the season but all you know something that we can really deep dive into yeah and how many of these different camps have you been on i mean have you been to altitude so i've been to altitude twice i've been warm weather i want to say three times uh and i've obviously holding camps i've done probably over five holding camps and did you ever go before um obviously you became a part of british swimming or is this mainly a british swimming thing um, you're getting taken out there it is mainly a British swimming thing um, and you've got to kind of be in a national centre really to, to access these camps a lot of small swimming clubs do provide training camps for their athletes but I came from Maidenhead which is quite a small club with a small budget so we never went a lot of clubs go to Lanzarote that's a big one for them you know Tenerife, Lanzarote they're the two big ones for uh, Mallorca being another one for, for small home clubs the only one yeah. we ever went to was Crystal Palace uh, in South London <laughs> Um, which a lovely, is a lovely place lovely be. place um, a lot of pigeons in that pool okay. you know they fly well, you, you stayed at Crystal Palace we stayed at Crystal Palace and we trained there for a week with Maidenhead with Maidenhead when I was about 12 years old nice and that was the only camp I did for my 10 years at that swimming club um, they've since started going to Lanzarote but I missed Shame. out on that one unfortunately 
Um, You'll have to get back involved. I, I might have to. Yeah, and I've been on a couple myself. Um, I've been a couple of times to Portugal. Um, and I, I guess they would be classed as training camps. We did it off our own back, um, back in our university group. Um, but they were good fun, um, jumping on the track and, and doing stuff like that. I think another way in which people could relate to training camps for everyone is when you're going on holiday, say like what we're doing at the moment or previously, you still want to get um, a few runs in or get to the gym. So rather than it being that, that full-on training camp, it's how can you fit it in? You know, you're in a new environment. Maybe you have to do a bit of cross-training and things like that. So what would you say is the favourite camp, your favourite camp that you've ever been on? Um that's a tough question. I think first off the bat, you, you, you talked about fitting training around new environments. I get asked all the time, why on earth do you fly to Australia, to the Gold Coast of Australia, every single year for a month to do a training camp when you have a 50 metre Olympic size swimming pool in Bath? Or Crystal Palace. Or Crystal Palace. You have a gym, you know, you have access to everything. Why People say, why do you spend thousands doing it? And I don't think until you're an athlete and you've really experienced the benefits of a training camp, you can quite understand why it is so important. Um, so for us, uh, warm weather camps, obviously, there's a lot of scientific research to um, discuss about the red blood cell production while you're training out there because of the heat um, that, yeah. that can have a lot of beneficial effects. So actually, effects. heat affects your red blood cells. Heat does affect your red blood cells. So that's why you do warm weather and then altitude. A lot of people think you, altitude is why you go, as in for the training, why you do an altitude. But you, the, only, the main reason you go is because the training you do at altitude allows you to increase your red blood cell count to train even better when you get back to sea level. Right. So the three weeks post an altitude camp are some of the best three weeks of training any athlete will do in their life because their red blood cell count is so much higher. So it's really interesting how you can de deep delve into the physiology of um, these camps and why they're so important. But it's not only the, the, the physiology and, and, and the physical benefits that you get from training camps, it's the mental benefits because you're living and breathing this sport. Your one sole focus is to train and to recover. And when you're back in... The UK, obviously, you have distractions, family, friends, relationships, commuting, cooking, cleaning, you know, bills to pay. It's, it's, it's normal life and you're training alongside it. When you're on camp, it's very, a soul, very much a sole focus. And I think that's why I always say my best ever training camp was one I did in April of this year, so April of 2022. Yeah. Um, my group in Bath and myself and my two coaches, uh, Dave McNulty and the assistant coach at the time, Ben Reed, and our um, strength and conditioning coach, Andy Elkins, we all went out to Turkey. Uh, to Antalya to the Glorious Sports Resort and we stayed for two weeks and we did a training camp at staying at an all-inclusive resort now yeah. that might so sound like oh you know you're living the life getting to you know have all these meals and, and, and food put on for you but actually when you strip away every other distraction for an athlete and they're left purely with the best facilities for training they can possibly be provided with followed immediately by the best nutrition yeah. straight off the back a wide variety fresh fruit veg meat everything no cooking no cleaning they can sleep you can nap you, you you rest really well the facilities are really great it's everything is made for you to get the most out of your training and not just one training session but to recover and get the most out of the following one so that's why i think that's the best training camp i've ever done but like i said they all have different benefits yeah that almost sounds like the dream camp is the is there anything you'd add to it um to that one or would you just I, run that one over again i think it was absolutely perfect because it was right off the back of british champs we were we weren't it wasn't a holding camp where you're where you're so strict with every minute of your day and you're you're, you're living to such a high level of yeah the, whole, the holding camps seem a little bit less glamorous than that. slightly they're very much it's, it's not stress but it's a level of 
you know adrenaline and alertness you're always slightly on edge and because also you have... you're, you're pre-competition and pre-race aren't exactly. you whereas exactly. if you're you're out in turkey you're you may be months before competition holding camps are a tricky one because you do a lot of race pace sets in holding camps and it can really make or break your meat so for example yeah. before the olympics i did a a race pace session and i did a um uh, the front half of my 200 meter freestyle and if that had gone terribly, it would have really knocked me. This was, you know, seven days before I stepped up for the final yeah. of the Olympic Games. But it went quicker than I've ever gone before, mm-hmm. which scared me again, yeah. but in a, for a different reason. Because it was kind of like, oh my goodness, I'm about to, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to do something I've never done before. I, just, I could just feel it in myself. So they're much more high stress, much more of a mental game. Turkey, out on camp, we were playing volleyball in, in the sun, you know, we were swimming in the sea, we were relaxing, we are eating well, you're with your friends, it's a relaxed environment, but it's a switched on environment and everyone's got this same goal and they want to train hard and you're in that flow state that I think all coaches dream their athletes could be in all the time. The coaches are relaxed, you know, there's, um, there were no, it's great going on British swimming camps when you go on a camp with just your squad. Yeah. It's very much you do your own thing, and the coach gets to do exactly and, and coach just how he wants to, you know, not there's not answering to anyone else, um, and and really execute the camp how they want. So that was a perfect camp for me. Yeah, it must be quite a a weird environment. Can be a fun environment. Mm-hmm. I know potentially from the camps that I've been, it can be a tricky environment at times because just looking back to to our camps, say it isn't going well for you, you're almost in this bubble and there's nowhere to go, and I've. I've had it myself or other people have had it where say we're, we're going out to do a session, maybe you have a bit of a shocker session or you're not feeling good for that week and then you've got nowhere to go. So suddenly this idea of being everything's there for you, kind of everything you're doing is thinking about your training. Actually, I, could it possibly backfire? Because if you get into that, that place, you're stuck there for the next week or so. I think it absolutely can. Unfortunately, I've never experienced that. Something that genuinely, genuinely scares me is getting to a holding camp and having a, a shocker of a camp. Yeah. That is the stuff of nightmares. That's the stuff no athlete wants to think about. And that's one of my that's actually one of my biggest motivations for training throughout the year. Yeah. Is I don't want to rock up at a competition and feel like that because it would just be or I'd start panicking, I think. Right, yeah. It would be yeah. not not where you want to be. And I, I, I know for a fact that certain athletes turned up to that Olympic holding camp in not the best shape in their life and you do you see it you see it people. and you really start to see the panic in their eyes because it's realizing that three four five days after that they'll be walking out on the olympic stage for yeah. the biggest competition of your career something you only get one or two shots at yeah and they're not ready it's, it sounds a bit like your gcse's or your <laughs> in that <laughs> remote or maybe in the canteen and on the morning of it and you're sharing a few questions and some of, <laughs> some of your mates have got no idea what's going yeah, on I, yeah 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 i'd say i felt a little bit like that before the biology a level or when you come out and everyone like compares answers and yeah. they're like 3.2 3.1 you got like 604 or something great this is, this is gonna go well and yeah i mean personally i'm fitting it into more the holiday side of things and obviously going to different places you mentioned you're in south africa i remember one particular time i was actually away with my grandma and we went um we went up to canada to go and see see the polar bears. Um, I know the BBC did a show on it, but I think it was probably the weirdest one I've ever had because there was actually a curfew um, in a place called Churchill because obviously the polar bears are wandering around um, and it gets to a point at about 10 p.m. where they set a siren off. And I've been in places in the States as well and, I've, uh, and my family, but probably best you, you stick to the gym, don't want you going too far or getting lost. But this was one place where actually when it sh- sh- sort of strikes 10 o'clock, you can't run, you can't go anywhere. Um, for the for the fear of getting attacked by a polar bear, um, so that was one time where I actually had to um, 
yeah take take the swimming session and mm. then uh, actually the walk back to the cabin was a, a little bit of a scary one goodness it was, me it was past the curfew that's about that is kind of crazy to us that's really like working around your environment isn't it and you actually had another story about uh, another camp you've been on haven't you it was in portugal yeah this was this is actually a uni trip and um i think it was in porto or somewhere around the algarve potentially and i went out in the evening um just as it was getting dark for a run get, to get a few miles in and I remember saying to my mate, um, maybe it's best I don't go, but got it out, went out. Um, but because the, the, the landscape was quite hilly and I was planning to sort of use a stadium as my waypoint and obviously gradually it got dark and I lost where I was. I wasn't, I was never that far away, but I generally had no idea. And as I say, because the gradients were pretty tricky, I actually had to use the GPS Garmin function on my watch to, to send me back to where I started. So I was using my watch saying literally 0.2 in this direction mm. because I had absolutely no idea where I was going. Goodness so me, no we want. At least there were no polar bears about. Yeah, no polar bears that one. Um, but I think I would have given the lectures um, a bit of a tricky one <laughs> if I'd uh, if I'd not returned. So um, so yeah, that that wasn't wasn't ideal. Is there any other stories you've got from from your camps? I mean, if you've been out to South Africa, was that a good one in terms um, of the extra stuff? I think South Africa was a good one. I think. The, these camps can really make or break a team. Uh, if there's a divide within a squad, then they get accentuated because you're spending so much time with these people. Um, you know, the, the the small things that might annoy you on a session, you know, two-hour session on a Wednesday afternoon, when you're spending two solid weeks with people, they really can, um, you know, really, people really start to bite and really start to, you know, get... Uh, there can be some clashes like it would be in any social situation when yeah. you go away with a group, just like if you go away with your mates, you know, you can be best pals, but you know, well, yeah, we're, we're, we're away on a lads' holiday yeah, minute. for now, but <laughs> get to Friday and this might be a completely different story. Yeah, this might be the last ever episode of the uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Um But uh, so what, what I found is sometimes the coaches, this shows the real hallmarks of, of, a, of a great coach, a great man manager and a great leader. And I've had it on a number of different camps I've been on, not just, with my squad in Bath, but when I've been away with other teams as well, and the coaches or team managers have had to pull the team aside and really, you know, get everyone out in the open and say, this is working, this isn't working, you need to voice your concerns and you need to basically start with a clean slate because you cannot go into a training session with negative emotions, with, with, with you know, a divide in the squad uh, and, and a breakup that's just it's never going to benefit the, the training environment which is what you're there to do so um a few you know a few stories of people kind of going a bit head to head on these camps but it's never no, nothing too bad's ever happened i don't yeah. think um a funny story is we we um we went to australia for a training um for a training camp in march of 2020 which as you know is right before lockdown started and um we were staying right near the sea. We're on the Gold Coast of Australia. And one afternoon, we had to do some stand-up swims. So it's where you replicate a race situation. So off off the blocks. Off the blocks. So it was a heat in the morning and a final in the evening. So you get oh, suited wow. up. Properly. Do a race warm-up. I had a stand-up two under three. So they're called stand-up swims. I did two under three heat in the morning. I went 149, which I was buzzing with, you know, because we're in the middle of hard training. Yeah. You know, we're it's outdoors. It's, I was absolutely buzzing with that. Um, and I, my PB at the time was 147. 149 in the morning, I'm like, oh, I was absolutely mint, you know, I'm going to go 148 time, I can get close to my PB. Yeah. But it was so relaxed because we're on camp. Jimmy, my training partner, and I went fishing between heats and finals, <laughs> caught a few fish, we're gutting them about an hour before we're supposed to step on the blocks to do these finals because we wanted to have a bit of, you know, try these local fish out for dinner that night. Finished gutting them, packed them in bag, went to the pool, did my race warm up, 
dive in, stand up 200, 146.2 PB. Nice. And it was the fastest time in the country. Wow. And, and you had, had fish time. for dinner. And I had a lovely bit of fresh fish for dinner. So it. it was, that's always kind of something I look back of fondly. And, and I was 19 at the time. And um, we were just about to head to Olympic trials in yeah. April of 2020. And I was feeling mint. We we're just about to taper. I went to Edinburgh and I went 146 flat, another PB, you know, a week after while I was still jet lagged. I was like, I cannot wait to start wow. tapering and get to trials. This is really going to, it's really going to set the world alight. And then we went into 10 weeks of lockdown. Um, and then everything uh, and everything changed after that. But I do awesome. look back on that Australia camp very fondly and we're heading back to the Gold Coast of Australia in February 23. Is that the next camp for you? Kind of next year, have you got a few lined up, ready to go? We're actually doing a relay camp for oh, three days in Loughborough. All the relay swimmers are coming together in Loughborough in the end of September. And we're doing team building exercise. I think we're going to do obviously some training, some relay takeover yeah, and stuff. Training, but yeah. apparently we're doing like work with the local military or police force. Oh, okay. and they're putting us in these, you know, tough situations you've got to see you know real kind of team bonding stuff which is exciting i'll have a holding camp for world short course championships which i think i'm going to do in december of 2022 um in melbourne um and then the next camp will be the australia warm weather in february 23 perfect so i think we, we can both agree that camps camps are a good good way for we love training camps beautiful stuff we i think we're going to hit a thousand views this week um we said we'd probably be close at the end of episode eight um, so, but episode nine, I think it's going to happen. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. we promised we'd do a drop, yeah. a giveaway. What are we thinking? So we did promise we'd do a drop. So there will be a signed pair of Speedo Speed Socket 2 goggles. So the exact same pair that I race in that we will be giving away, um, signed by the two hosts of the Weekly Freestyle. Do, do you think people want my Of course they do. Absolutely <laughs> they do. Um, the man who survived a polar bear attack. <laughs> um, we'll be giving it away. Um, we will be posting about it on the Instagram at the weekly freestyle, the underscore weekly underscore freestyle. Yeah. Uh, drop us an email as well if you can. Drop an email, it. drop us a DM, get in touch with anyhow, any suggestions, questions, and if you want to enter your name into the draw, please get in touch. All we ask is that you comment uh, on our photo and you comment three names of pals. Get three pals in. Get three pals involved. Let them know we're here. Let them know <laughs> Spread what the we're word. about. Spread the word and you will be in with... That could be quite a good chance of winning these. Honestly, problems. yeah, we, are, we haven't got loads of others, <laughs> but mean, we have got a thousand listeners. That's true. And thank you very much to every single one though, of those one thousand really listeners. Appreciate that. We love the support. Running. Yeah, we love we love doing it every week. And as I say, I think as we hopefully grow, we really want to hear what you guys want us to talk about and and, and get that kind of thing involved. So yeah, literally, you will have a good chance. Um, so yeah, please please do enter that. Um, I think we're going to move to the the freestyle section of the pod now. Mm. Um, we're going to head on outside mm. um, and grab some of our mates. We're going to yeah. play a little game of Swimming Articulate, me v you. Yeah, we are. So we have, like we said, there's eight of us, so six of the lads, including, uh, and then myself and Sutton. Um, we are going to play a little bit of game of Swimming Articulate. Um, so we're going to head outside. So obviously, the audio is about to change. Um, but yeah. So watch out for that in the car. <laughs> watch out, yeah, you might have change the this, volume settings. This could be where our relationship ends for the week could as be, well. Could be, this could, could be. This could be where we don't don't see eye to eye. Or we could see how days. awful our mate's swimming knowledge is. Yeah, well. true, all that. Oh, yeah, I look forward to this. I'll right. catch you in a bit. Let's get out there. Now outside, um, recording the second part of the pause. We're on the freestyle section. We've got the six other lads who are on holiday with us, and we're just going to go around and quickly introduce everyone before we kick off the game. Can I just say that Kai has literally just woken up? Yeah. Literally, too much. And he's on a, he's having a cold beverage. Uh, lukewarm 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 and he's ready to play the game so we'll start with Lukey yeah I'm Luke second appearance on the pod probably the most interesting thing what about you what about me yeah yeah <coughs> how do those suits 
Oh, a nice suit through uh, through Tom, really. Nice. I know Tom through swimming. There we go. Nice. Uh, I'm Jacob. I've known Alex for about ten years, and I um, I managed to stop him from playing rugby. <laughs> the best thing. Thanks for that. My name's Jay. I uh, I met Tom a few years back. I lived with him in university last year. Uh, sorry. Yeah, it's Kai now. <laughs> yeah, just yeah. woken up. <laughs> uh, my name's Kai. Uh, no, Tom. I used to swim with him in Arjunga. Uh, met Sutz through that as well. Right. I'm Perry. Uh, I know, I've known Sutz for about two years, probably. There goes a bit. <laughs> <laughs> I know him most for uh, being a right back on Pro Club. <laughs> how, many, how many Div 1 titles? Nine, I think. Wow. Not bad. Only nine. Hi, uh, my name's Fred, I'm a Bath lad, I met Tom a few years ago at uni, and I met Alex through him. Good stuff, fantastic. Good stuff, so we're going to start the game, it's basically articulate, we're swimming words, um, and we're going two teams of three, so we've got Luke, Jacob and Jay on one team, and then, and then we've got Kai, mm. Perry and Fred on the other, so we've got um, Kai and Luke, obviously the two lads I swam with, so the, the two other swimmers on the holiday, they'll, they'll each on one team so it should be quite fair. Trying to split the, the, the yeah, knowledge up. Exactly. I don't think much knowledge is going to be needed. And lack of. No it might yeah. be quite <laughs> So we're going to go one minute each. Uh, who's going to kick us off? Yeah. Okay so I'll give you my phone if you yeah. just put a timer up. Alright we're going to start with Alex's team first and his time starts now. Okay so if you're, you're at the start of the race but you go too early you get. Full start. It's a start. Beginning with D. Um, fast American swimmer of all time. Michael Phelps. Yeah, four strokes. Front, uh, front call, back stroke. <laughs> no, what's the event called? Oh, medley. Individual medley. Yep, okay, Jake, this is one for you. The big uh, Olympics that happened in England. London 2012. Yes. Um, the, uh, it's not a tempo session, it's quite similar. If you're working at a certain heart rate. Threshold. Yes. Um, he's sponsored by them. Speedo. Speedo. <laughs> if uh, you do it in football a lot and... Rather than a paddle float, it's for the pool boy. <laughs> what do you do with your legs in Kick. swimming? Yeah, and uh, board. Yes. Uh, oh, if two two swimmers are tied with the same time, you have a draw. A <laughs> swim off. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's a two ball. It's a dolphin. That's a time. That's seven or eight. I could have been better, couldn't it? That wasn't too bad. How many was that? Where did you go to? We didn't quite get butterfly. Okay, so you got one, wow. two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Nine. Wow. Ooh, ooh, so nice. Nice. Yeah, I made the beat. It's quite funny because I think we, we made the list not knowing what each other were going to do. Yeah, we did. There are a couple of overlaps here. Um, not the end of the world, but I reckon if, if you start from the bottom of bridge and go up, yes, then then that would be best. Oh, do you think there is a bit of? Uh... There's a little bit of overlap, okay. but that's right. fine because if it's the same word, yeah, it's yeah, the same yeah, text. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, so right, all right, fellas. Team Dino, ready? Kai, you you ready for this? Oh, uh, yeah, woken well, up, good. ready. Mm -hmm. Okay, cool. slept through. All right, here we right, go. You've got a minute. Three, two, one, go. Okay, um, not the shallow part of the pool. Deep end. Yep. Um, the liquid that we swim in. Water. Yeah, uh, I'm sponsored by them. Speedo. Oh, when you get beaten by someone and it's close, you get like it's a close race and they just beat you. You get pipped at the wall. Pipped at the post. Yeah, close. No, but exactly on the that. finish, what do you do to the Touch. wall? Yeah. So if Touch you... finish. Oh. Not in. What's the opposite of in? Out. Yeah. Touch out. Other way around. 
Out of touch. Yes. <laughs> right. The relay that yeah. I won my other gold on, not the individual. Four by two. Ooh. Yeah. Um, okay, what do you wear around your ears when you Goggles. walk out listening to music? music. Uh, headphones. <laughs> yeah. Um, they mark the five meters from the wall thing. Flags. Yeah. Um, they separate the seconds. lane ropes. Yeah. Um, when you walk up, you have to check. They check your pass before you walk into the the, the, the swim you're about to do. And what's that pass called? Gets Ten you in, seconds. Gets you in place. ID. Identification. Uh, similar. Um, do, next question. Do next one. Okay. Um, what do you wear? Five seconds. Not, trunks. Trunks. not trunks. Not training. Racing trunks. Yep. Yeah. Uh, that's nine. And then you. That's three. That's five. That's five. So that's something you wanted to flag one up. By one. Which one? There's there a questionable water. Yeah. Yeah. What, 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 what was the liquid that's swimming? What was the answer? Water. What, 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 what is the issue? I don't know, I thought you said Steward's no. inquiry. Uh, no, I just couldn't believe I put water in. Oh, right. So it's actually your you fault. Yeah. We did um, skip, it was race accreditation. Ooh, I'm yeah, sorry, but that was quite a, that was, that was a tough one. Tiebreak. I was quite surprised at how many Fred, me and Fred got, to be honest with you. <laughs> <laughs> we did. Yeah. We just fair. watched him. Goggles <laughs> on your ears. Oh, I'm so glad I didn't have the next one. It was Duncan Scott. That could be edited out on the pod. <laughs> I'm joking. We love Duncan. We do love Duncan. No, but yeah, thank you very much, boys, for um, for getting involved. I think that was good fun. Yeah, that was class. Thanks for featuring, fellas. And I'm sure we'll have you on as guests in the future. No, thank uh, you. And I think that's us wrapping up, isn't it? So that's the end of yeah. episode um, nine. Like we said, check us out on Instagram. We're doing the drop very soon, so get commenting on that photo. You got, yeah, we need you guys to be sharing the pod as well. Mm. What, what what do we think of the pod? Oh yeah, just quick thoughts. It's, it's great. Big fan. You, you don't have to say that. There we go. Maybe on that note we should. Uh, <laughs> 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 All right, see we'll see you guys week, next week. Thank you very much. <laughs>